0: Welcome back to Path to Glory, the Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. This episode was made possible by our patrons. Thank you so much. If you're interested in supporting the podcast monetarily, please check us out at patreon.com slash path to glory. If that's not possible, no worries. We still appreciate the listen, and we'd love if you gave us a rating. This is Amon Kusero, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jonathan Davis. Hello, hello. What's up, dude? Not much. Ready to talk about some elves. That's right. In this episode, Jonathan and I will be discussing Miari's Purifiers, their fighters, and their faction-specific cards. If you're interested in listening to our deck and how we built them, I actually got to build a deck, and we shared that on our end phase episode, which is a Patreon-only exclusive content. Uh, It's a special thank you that we do to the people who support us. And it's an extra episode. They're only supposed to be 15 to 20 minutes, but they end up being like 30, 40 minutes. So you're really <laughs> getting two podcasts every every time. So uh, please check that out. Uh, we uh, have a Dread Pageant deck there as well that was created by Jonathan. So fun stuff.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we got good feedback on it. So those will keep rolling through. But in today's episode, we will start with the miaris purifier so if anyone is unfamiliar with them they're the new elven hotness on the block and they are one of the warbands in the starter set along with the dredge pageant so the lore behind these guys is they're trying to calm the volatile mountain that is the beast grave uh, because they believe by ending or calming the mountain they can prevent some sort of catastrophe in the future uh very lv um very eldari as well if you're a 40k fan so Looks like these elves are trying to meddle where they shouldn't and stop the future from happening, which is right, um, right on brand.
1: <laughs> it's very brave of them. I don't, I don't know what their chances are here.
0: <laughs> yeah, not with some of their stats, but we'll get into those. Uh, so there are four fighters, and they have this unique mechanic that interacts with aether quartz tokens. So at the start of the game, every member will receive a aether quartz token, and it can be spent to reroll one die. In any attack, defense, or casting role, so that's just a little neat uh, mechanic that's unique to them. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's really cool. The, like it's it's like they start. It's almost like they start out inspired with this ability, and then like they get to choose when to not be anymore. So it's it's cool how they have like it's almost like a second inspire mechanic. Is kind of how I think about it. But it's like a reverse, especially because of the way some of the upgrades and cards work. Um, It's really cool how they have like a card that works when they have it and a card that does some, and then then the card will do something else when they don't have it. So I think it's a really cool like design space.
0: Yeah, I do too. It's, it's, um, I like how the warbands are getting a little bit more unique and having more unique tools, whether it's game wise or just flavor wise. And I think this is a really cool general mechanic that's been, I guess, um bump to 11 for them and that they can kind of pop this token whenever or you know interact with cards which we'll get into in a little bit um but it's very cool
1: yeah i think the game gets some flack recently for all the number of counters and stuff that it has but in this case and like in the case of the crushes i think that you know more counters are are worthwhile so
0: yeah i don't i don't mind counters as much i think counters are great and uh you know i guess it is something that you have to keep track of but Mm -hmm. You know, in an efficient game, I don't think it'll add very much time. Maybe an extra minute, like moving the counters around. But uh, yeah, um, not too bad there. Apologies if you hear my dog barking in the background. (laughs) I don't know what's up with her today. She's been going insane. Um, So let's check out the Inspire mechanic. So uh, all of four of the fighters in this warband share an Inspire mechanic. And so this triggers or this Inspire triggers when one of the purifier's makes an attack defense or casting role that includes only successes and or critical successes, which means they either roll, uh, you know, all these, the, the, the facing on the dices that they need to, or crits as well. Um, what do you think about that?
1: Um, I like it. I think it's, uh, it's a little random. It feels kind of like Magor's fiends to me, where you, you know, you really want that hit to go through. Um, I guess interestingly, you know, you could get two successes and they could still crit you, um, you know. But it's it's kind of like steady aim. If you like steady aim, then you'll love this Warband. band.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> if I've got not then maybe not. <laughs> yeah, steady aim is one of those cards where it goes off. It'll go off for you like every game, and then six games in a row, and then <laughs> it'll just stop. So it's really dice dependent, which I think is a limiting factor for these guys. Um, it's really interesting. I think it's very elfy. Like these guys are too proud to miss. Like they, they get they, they don't inspire them. St- I don't know. They're just not inspired by life unless they do it right the first time. So, um, the interesting thing about it is that it is
1: reliable and that you can expect to inspire a couple of them each each round, but you don't know which one it's going to be. So you kind of have to like weigh the pros and cons. But there are ways to help. You know, like your uh, using your aether co- quartz counter. Um, normally it's like, if you're on two dice, you have like a 25% chance to inspire. And then if you roll at least one success and then you use the token, it ends up being about a 50%. So, you know, it's not that bad.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and when you say you can expect, it's just statistically relevant that, you know, if, if all things are average, then one of these or two of them should go, uh, you know, get inspired at one point in time.
1: And you get to do it on defense rolls, and if you have spells, you get to do it on the spells. So, exactly, there are ways to uh, try to help make it happen. I think
0: it's a little bit easier on single-sided, or single-die, right? So, the defense stuff, for sure. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, or single-dice attacks, so.
0: That's right. So, um, a little bit of uh, mixed feelings on the Inspire. Again, I think it's pretty flavorful, and um, there are going to be some games where you just inspire everyone off the bat, and then there are going to be some games where you're struggling, and um that's just part of the game that's dice and that's that's warhammer underworld so uh but the cool thing is is that their stats which we'll get into in a moment they don't necessarily need to inspire i think they're kind of front loaded and Mm -hmm. the inspires don't change much but when they do change they're pretty decent so why don't we just jump into the uh only wizard of the warband and the leader miyari Lightcaller? So, uh, looking at his card here, he's a level 2 wizard, and he's got a Staff of Enlightenment attack, which is range 2, 1 smash, 2 damage, and a Searing Beams attack, which is range 3, hits on focus, like very many wizards from Nightbolt, and it does 1 damage. Movement 4, 2 dodge, 3 wounds. So, very, very reminiscent of Ilthari. Almost a direct comparison there but he's kind of got that night vault leader wizard basic profile Mm -hmm. got a range two staff attack and a range three magic attack um but that three wounds does worry me a little bit but once he gets inspired he uh gets two smash on his staff and he does two damage on his magic but nothing else really change and then of course he's got that aether quartz reaction on both sides so Really, you're only getting one point of damage for inspiring on a ranged attack, and then your staff becomes one dice more accurate. Um, what do you think on? Uh, what do you think about Miare?
1: Um, I think he's pretty solid. Um, I think depending on how you're playing him, there's a reasonable chance that he will inspire. Um, but like you said, you don't really need him to. Um, I, uh, he's not my favorite of the warband, but uh, I think he can. You know, there's a lot of upgrades that can work well on him and he is your spellcaster if you want to play it that way.
0: Yeah. He's just like a straight leader wizard. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if you've been playing this game for at least a year or two, <laughs> then you'll know that a lot of leader wizards very look very similar, um, which isn't a bad thing. You know, I get the whole staff magic thing. Uh, yeah.
1: And his one dice attack is interesting because it is a very high chance of inspiring. You know, it ends up being like a, 75% chance if you use the Aether Quartz. Um, and you, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's not very likely to hit anything, but
0: <laughs> you might, succeed. yeah. Yeah. It's interesting for sure. Let's jump on to Bahanar, or as some of our friends like to call him, Banana Man or
1: Banhammer. Uh, that's, that's my, that's my name for him.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I like Bahanar, but Banhammer's cool too. He's, he's wielding a hammer. Um, Speaking of, yeah, and actually, <laughs> um, he d- does take the name Warhammer a bit too literally here because he's got a big range two, two smash, two damage weapon, which is pretty solid for an elf. Uh, very rarely do we see elves w- wield hammers, but with the introduction of the Lumineth into the Age of Sigma universe, uh, we get a bunch of them. And so he's got a stone mallet, which, uh, you know, maybe I thought would have had a cooler name since he's an elf but uh so he's slower than miari he's range three but he's got two block so he's pretty tanky right off the bat he's got three wounds he shares that inspire condition and then when he inspires the only thing that changes is he's got three damage Uh, and let's not forget that he also has a special rule on both sides of his card which says this fighter cannot be driven back if he has no move or charge tokens what are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on bahanar
1: um i like bahanar quite a bit um i think of him kind of like gartok usually in the beginning of the game there's going to be like one starting hex where you don't where they'll put a a lethal hex next to to try to like mess up your deployment and that's where i like to put him because you can't push him into it um he loses the ability once he moves but i i don't really look at that as like a downside um because he might you know if he didn't have the ability at all then that would be worse. Um, you can also push him around and still keep it. So I, th- I think that's pretty neat. Um, on this warband, I think the three damage is very nice. Um, range two, two smash, three damage. That's a, an excellent attack. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with him stat wise Two block right off the bat too is tough. Like he, he's got some really great stats, um, in general, right off the bat. Uh, the, I think the problem with this warband in general is just if, you know, they do get hit and you have three damage, then they start losing people pretty quick. So a little bit like Lady Harrow's and they're kind of
0: relying on their uh, defense dice. That's right. That's right. So um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan as well. I I, I like him. He's done really well for me. Uh, Luckily, I've been able to inspire him more often than not. (laughs) Uh, More often on the first attack too. So that's been really neat. Um, but that's pretty he's, brutal.
1: If like they charge you and the defense role inspires him.
0: Yeah. That's tough. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. And, uh, that range is really nice. So even though he's one hex slower, mm-hmm. in theory, he's still got that five range or five hex threat range. Well, Miyari I guess has a lot more. He's got seven, but, uh,
1: yeah, I think the one thing to be aware of is if you're trying to run like cover ground or, uh, winged death then he's not the one you want to do that with because <laughs> you won't get to six. Right, exactly. With the spectral but, wings or something.
0: But I just I guess, you know, he's wearing a, a lot of heavy armor, so maybe it slows him down a little bit, but... Um, that, that hammer cannot be light either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks like a very elegant croquet. St- it's a but, stone ballad. <laughs> yeah. I guess in the picture, they painted it a bit shiny, or maybe it's just the angle I'm looking at it. But if it's just stone, then yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. And that's probably why it hits for three damage once he feels like he's good enough, so... Uh, let's jump to the next fighter. This is Aelin, the Mind's Edge. Yeah. Um, I think she is probably my favorite, just miniature-wise. She looks fantastic. She's got a lot of things going for her. She's got that banner on the back. Um, and she looks like a sword master of Hoeth, who is... If you are familiar with the world that was from Warhammer Fantasy, um, they were a really big deal and uh, were like these master swordsmen from the High Elf range. And I think she's kind of got that same mindset and some of influence there as well with her rules. So she's carrying a great sword, uh, range one, two smash, two damage, four move, one block, three wounds. She's got the Aether Quartz reaction as well. And a really cool thing is that you can reroll any number of dice in this fighter's defense roll when this fighter is a target of a range three attack action range three or more. So again, this is super, super flavorful where she's just like, like imagine like an arrow coming and she's like ching and she just like swipes out the air, you know, because she's a sword master and they can do that apparently. So, uh, yeah, very I cool. They had miner. Something
1: like that in, uh, the age of Sigmar rules where they could either block or deflect or something.
0: I think they definitely had like a plus one. Yeah. Yeah. Buff and age and in Warhammer fantasy. Uh, but you know, that was a long time yeah, ago. It's,
1: it's cool to see them kind of take those rules and pull it into this.
0: Yeah, it's it's very neat. That influence and, uh, you know, a little ode to the old sword masters of Hoeth. And so when she inspires, she gets uh, three smash and uh, she gains cleave. So her damage output doesn't really increase much, but she comes a lot more accurate, especially when targeting blocked blocking fighters.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what do you two think block about her?
0: is pretty important too.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think she of the group is the one that you want to inspire the most. Um, because of that block will increase her durability quite a bit. Um, and then the three smashes pretty scary once you start putting damage upgrades on.
0: Yeah, great strength, savage strength make her terrifying yeah. indeed. So yeah. she's probably my favorite of the bunch just visually, but also I think um, in terms of damage output, I think she's very good. Yeah, yeah,
1: quite solid, I think.
0: Yeah, and again, three wounds. And then we've got the last person, Sonella. She is a archer. She's got a very big bow, and uh, she's actually really neat in that she's got two ways that she can shoot this bow. So she's got an aimed shot and a lofted shot. So the aimed shot is range three, hits on two, smash, and does one damage. And if you roll a critical hit with the aimed shot, it's plus one damage.
1: And it has cleave.
0: Yeah. And it has cleave. Correct. And then if you use the uh, lofted shot or the lofted bow, I guess shot, um, it's a range four, two smash, one damage, no special rules associated with it. And she's also got the four movement, the one. So she's one dodge. So I think she's the weakest in terms of defense characteristic on the team. Yeah. And she's got three wounds. Now, if she inspires, which is the same inspire condition, as we've mentioned multiple times now, mm-hmm. um, nothing really changes with the aimed shot, but the lofted bow goes to range five, which is insane because she's got a threat range of nine, which is, <laughs> which is ridiculous. And then she's got two dodge as well. So pretty neat. I mean, I think she's probably your second one that you want to inspire uh, just because that two dodge makes her so much more survivable.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the second dodge, I think, is the big thing for her. Um, the Aurelian bow, the lofted one, is interesting. Um, I'm just not sure how... Like, if you can use the aimed bow, I think you will want to do that because of the cleave and because of the crit chance. Mm-hmm. But I think there'll be situations when, you know, probably particularly later in the game, when she's within five hexes of somebody and you can just shoot them multiple times. Um, yeah. So I, I like that she has the option... Uh, even though I don't think you use it that much, if you're going to charge somebody, you might as well use the aimed
0: bow. You know, absolutely. But I do like the option of just yeah. Oh, I don't have to move anything. Ping, push you into lethal <laughs> two damage or whatever. You know. Yeah, I mean, like you know, if
1: from playing like farstriders or something, sometimes when you have one fighter in the middle of an area just plinking away, like it can be really annoying. Um, yeah, and she's the best fighter at that that we've seen so far. I mean, she could be in the like sort of in the middle of her own board and have a pretty incredible threat range. Yeah, the enemy board,
0: it's pretty nice. I, I, I like my, my favorite thing about these fighters is that they all have a very unique sense of, um, honestly, they're just unique, really, for lack of a better term. They all have their own quirks and they all benefit from them, and if used correctly. They're all pretty real. They're all pretty solid. At what they do, Sonela is great at range. Um, she's a ranged fighter. Mm-hmm. Ailyn is really accurate. Bahanar hits hard and got some decent range, and he's tough. And then Miari is your wizard, and I think that's really neat. It's almost like a hero quest warband in a way, you know? Yeah, everyone has yeah. their own strengths, and they're just doing what they need to do uh, to get through the dungeon.
1: Yeah, I would say that I think that the weakness of that is. If you like because they're each kind of good at their own thing, and this is similar to like Yotharis and maybe some other warbands as well. Um, If you know that there's, if there's one, there's usually going to be one fighter in particular that you're scared of. Like if you're a, you know, high health, small fighter warband, you're going to probably want to take care of Bahana pretty early because he's the one with the big damage. And, um, you know, the ranged fighter is going to be better against lower health warbands and stuff. So you may have to be careful about like your, uh, which fighters you're keeping safe. And if you're playing against them, you're going to want to make sure you have your priority straight, but um, it's, it's definitely uh, an interesting way to do a war band where each one kind of has a specific tool.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't think when it comes to like fighting minute, like smaller war bands or like lots of two wound fighters, it may not necessarily matter. I think alien is obviously yeah. the most accurate, but yeah, I definitely see, you know, tar- make your pick your targets wisely. And I think you still go for Bahnar more often than not first. But uh, Probably. he's also the tankiest, so it might not reward you for your risk, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we said it, but S- Sonala is also a hunter, um, which may or may not matter. You could take Snare if you think... Uh, You know, you want to go that direction. And there are a lot of Hunter upgrades right now. So maybe you could take some more of those and then more Hunter stuff would be uh, more playable. So something to think about too.
0: Agreed. Agreed. So let's do some of their fighter cards. I think this will give more context for their individual strengths and strengths as a warband. Yeah. So let's start with their objective cards and we'll start with Diamond Bright Souls. So this is a duel. Score this in the end phase. If there are three or more surviving friendly fighters and each surviving friendly fighter is inspired. What do you think about this one?
1: Well, for two glory, um, it's, that makes you think about it, (laughs) but unfortunately I think it's a little bit too difficult to pull off reliably. I think your only chance is in the first round because you're going to have three fighters left, but it's actually pretty hard to reliably inspire all of your fighters. Uh, So I think I would give this one a pass.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, The wounds are concerning Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're going to have to start eliminating enemy fighters as well. And I just don't see that one going for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. You want to jump the next one?
1: Sure. The next one is elemental blessing surge hybrid for one glory score. This immediately after you remove an aether quartz counter from a friendly fighter when you resolve an elemental ploy or your warband casts its second or subsequent spell in the same phase. Um, What do you think about that one?
0: Yeah, so I think this is actually a pretty solid one. Um, You're going to be bound, you're bound to use your Aether Quartz counter whenever Um, and and those elemental ploys, or specifically with those elemental ploys, are really good. There's one of them that I think is a must include in all your decks, but even if you tap into one or two, um, I think it's pretty solid, but it's got a Great backup option as well. Maybe you're not drawing your elemental ploys. Well, then, you know, if you can cast two spells with Miari in the same phase, that's not too bad either. So I really like this for a Lost Pages build. But regardless, the first condition alone is great for this Warband in general. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Force of the Avalanche. This is a surge for one glory. Score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action. That deals damage equal to or greater than the target's wound characteristic. What do you think? Um, I like this one.
1: I think uh, I think it is definitely scoreable. Um, you have pretty reliable two and one damage, so you know that'll help you get uh, in exactly the amount that you need. And then the three damage will help as well. So um, I think it's okay. But I, I guess it's not quite like I guess it goes off the wound characteristic, not what they have left. So yeah, I still think it's okay. It's really only bad against the really high health uh war bands, and a lot of them will have smaller fighters and like Crushes is the only one that you probably wouldn't score this against.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Crushes matchup is probably very difficult. And and maybe, you know, if, if Hrothgorn and Molog are gatekeeping. But <laughs> yeah. honestly, I in a way I feel like it's it's a better version of precise use of force. <laughs>
1: Well, um, that's what I thought until just now, because you basically have to at least one shot them.
0: Exactly. Which is precise. These are force. So you, you get the very, very bare minimum. You have to deal at least enough damage to take them out, or you can deal more than enough. So I think the flexibility is better and oh. the way that I'm interpreting well, it. because
1: the way I'm reading it is it says that the damage of your attack has to be equal to or greater than their wounds characteristic. So that's that, correct. So that means you couldn't score this against Malig at all unless you hit him for seven damage, even if that's you only right. had one health left.
0: That, that's correct.
1: Yeah. So, I don't think it's as good as precise use of force because you could do that off a one, you know, one damage attack if you had one damage, if you had one health left.
0: Well, I guess in Underworlds it's a lot of one shotting So for me, yeah. Yeah. I particularly like it because you can smack down a goblin or you know a, a dread pageant fighter. And then you can either, and then you can maybe over, you know, overkill as well. So yeah. Yeah. I, that's, I that's where I think it's better because the overkill perhaps. Yeah. The it's going to be a little be bit different a in your mind. Ball, I think
1: like whether or not like how good crushes are basically. <laughs> Cause it's just completely dead. Yeah. Um, we'll go to the next one. It's hottie exemplars score this in an end phase. If there are more surviving friendly fighters than surviving enemy fighters. What do you think about that one?
0: Uh, Cool name, for sure. But um, more surviving friendly fighters than enemy fighters seems like a tall order, given how fragile the warband seems. Three moons all around isn't isn't bad, but it isn't like something to write home about either. And while Bahanar is pretty tanky, if you're not inspiring your fighters and rolling at least average more often than not, this isn't going to work for you. So unless there are some hyper-aggressive ping damage builds, I just don't see this one happening.
1: Yeah. I agree. Again, it's kind of meta-dependent. Like, you know, maybe you would score this if you didn't lose anybody in the first round and you're against a three-fighter warband. Like, that would be pretty great, but uh, I just don't like cards that are only good against, like, half the warbands in the meta. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I do, enjoy, I need, I do know what you mean. <laughs> I don't think you're going to score this against crushes, like you said. There's just
1: yeah i mean you'd have to hide in the back basically
0: yeah uh, yeah maybe you win boards and you get this first round and no one dies but yeah that's um, what i mean yeah yeah but you're not going to reliably be able to get it later so yeah uh the next one is patience of the mountains surge score this immediately after an activation if each surviving friendly fighter has one or more guard tokens what do you think
1: I just think it's a little bit too hard to do, particularly early, um, unless you take a lot of guard tech, which I don't think is really that great. So I would skip this one.
0: Yeah, agreed. Let's just jump to the next card. Yep. The next one is Perfect Formation.
1: It is a surge for two glory. Score this immediately after an activation if your warband holds three or more objectives. So basically it's temporary victory. Um, I think this is okay, but I don't think they're particularly good at it. It's not restricted, which is nice. Um, and maybe if you take like glorious triumph and some other objective cards,
0: you could do it. What do you think? Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you think immediately like, Oh, pseudo temporary victory, like yeah. this is probably too good, but I agree this war band, I think struggles with that playstyle again because of their fragility. You know, there's the despoilers They've got six fighters. The Grimwatch have seven fighters. These guys have four, and you can one-shot almost all of them with certain warbands in, one, in like four attacks. I just, right. for me, it's a good card, and I hope you can make it work, but I don't see it being taken often because I think you probably want to go aggressive with them anyways.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, there may be a place for it in some decks. Like, obviously, it's a good card. It's just a question of how reliably are you going to be able to score it?
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Let's jump to Perfectionist. Yep. Uh, Score this in the end phase if no surviving friendly fighters have Aether Quartz counters. Yeah. So what do you think?
1: I like this one. Um, I think that if you draw it in the first round, you can make sure that it happens by just re-rolling. You're pretty likely to be able to. Maybe you'll have a card. So if, if you need to force it, you can. And then after the first round, I think you're very likely to be able to just score it for free. Um, cause like if your fighters are about to die, you're going to re-roll. Um, and then if they're going to attack a lot of the time you're going to re-roll. And then I, I like playing with the cards. So I just, I just think it's basically free.
0: Yeah. I think so too. You know, whether your fighters are dead or, I mean, you could score this. Yeah. Um, if your whole warband was dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, so, so it's a pretty cool one glory. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Next one. Uh,
1: the next one is Purifying Light. Score this in an end phase if your leader holds an objective. Do you like this one?
0: I really do. I really do because I don't think you're going to want to be aggressive with Miari off the bat. Yeah. I think you're going to want to be a little bit measured with him. And you're going to have at least one objective token or feature token rather on your side of the board. And you could probably position it to a way in which he can hold it and then maybe make a meaningful advance on the following activation mm-hmm. uh, or turn rather. So I think it's pretty solid. Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely playable.
1: It has a weakness if your leader dies, obviously, but, uh, you know, you're going to be most likely trying to make sure he doesn't. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I like it. There are just too many cards that cards that reward your opponent for killing a leader anyways, in general, or like tech. Yeah. So you're going to want to be cautious anyways. Right. So
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the next card is pursuit of excellence. Score this in the end phase. If one or more surviving friendly fighters each have three or more upgrades or two glory. What do you think? Oh,
1: this one's great. I mean, we've seen this card once before in Rippa's, and uh, it's probably not quite as good for them, but uh, it's, it's,
0: it's amazing. Yeah. I think this card is excellent. Yeah. It is an excellent card. The pursuit of excellence. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically you're
1: going to lose some fighters early. And then you're going to start piling up upgrades on the ones that aren't dying. And the, you'll just score it probably automatically. So, good stuff. Um, the next one is Seal the Beast Grave. Score this in an end phase if your warband holds three or more objectives. It's three glory, so it's exactly the same as Supremacy. Um, do you like this one? Mm, not for them, no, I don't. No, no. Yeah, there's. it's just way too hard to do.
0: Very difficult. Yeah.
1: Let's go to the next one.
0: Yeah. Unsullied hands score this immediately after a friendly fighters range three plus attack action that takes the enemy fighter out of action. Um Honestly, I like this one, but what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think this one's solid. Um Like I like that. I mean, I just like cards that, uh you know, aren't like free, but you can do them. So you have the archer, you have the wizard who can have a pretty solid range attack once he inspires. So I, I think this is doable. Um I don't know if I would take it in a deck right now. Cause I think there might be better surges, but uh, you could take it and it's not like it would like ruin your day
0: agreed yeah it's i mean you've got two options which is why i like it yeah like if one of your fighters goes down you can always still score this either with an attack action upgrade or the other fighter now if you lose lose both in the you know first couple activations then <laughs> you ain't gonna win anyway so it doesn't matter whether you have this card or not so yeah that's probably true um so you want to do the next one
1: Sure. The next one's Vaunted Speed. Score this in an end phase if a surviving friendly fighter has a higher move characteristic than any surviving fighter. How do you like that one?
0: I don't know how I feel about it. I, I think this is probably another one of those cards where it's a meta call. Yeah. Um, but they're pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you're building in like movement tech, then you would probably score this eventually. But I just don't think you need to use movement tech. Like I don't think this warband needs a great speed or a savage speed. Mm-hmm. I think spectral wings is nice and maybe tracking or Malkin grace, but I don't know. I think this is rewarding the war band for being fast. Yeah. But there are a lot of war bands that are movement four, and right. As, right. You know, these guys don't inspire to movement five, like some other war bands. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically the only reason to take this one, I think is if you're also taking their infaction plus two movement and savage speed, uh, in order to help you score cover ground and wing death, um, which probably isn't a bad way to play these guys. Um, so I don't think it's bad. It's just very specific to that kind of build. And even then you're relying on one of two upgrades to be on your fighters and you're relying on there not being any other six movement fighters on the board, which there is one naturally in the Grimwatch. And then, you know, other people may have movement upgrades as well. So, yeah, it's it's a little situational.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much uh, point in spending more on that card. It's definitely one that, you know, is a meta call and one that you may or may not feel comfortable with. Yeah. If you had to pick a favorite, what's your favorite? Um, I think my favorite is the upgrade stacking one, Pursuit of Excellence. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good one. I personally like Perfectionist because it's a guaranteed score no matter what. Yep, yep. Those two are probably the best. One thing I will say is that I
1: like, of these 12 cards this is a pretty great starter deck for somebody. Cause like all of these are like sort of doable. Um, and I think you will learn things about the game. So like comp- even, comp- like even though some of these aren't that great, I think that it's a, it's a solid faction objective deck, if that makes sense. Like you could play faction only with this warband, band and like this would function. So
0: yeah, you've got the six surges and the six of obj- uh, non surges. So oh, yeah, I didn't even realize price. it
1: was half and half. So
0: yeah. Okay, yeah, that's cool. I think the Dread Pagina, are like that too, but we'll get into them in the uh, the next episode. That would make sense, yeah. Alrighty, well, let's let's go ahead and jump to their ploys here, the Miari's Purifiers, so their gambits. And uh, they've got some pretty cool ones. Let's start with Channel the Mountain. Choose one friendly fighter. You can remove that fighter's Aether Quartz counters. If you do, give the chosen fighter and each adjacent friendly fighter one guard token. Otherwise, give the chosen fighter one guard token. What do you think?
1: Hmm. Um, I think this one is okay. I'm just not really sure if a ploy is worth having a guard token. Um, I could see some situations where you would use the Aether Quartz and then everybody has a guard token and that might be okay. But um, I think I would just take a different card and say like uh, Barry Instinct or something like that.
0: Yeah, I, I think so, and and there is a bit of a guard synergy in this this deck. We've seen that through the objectives and some of the cards we have yet to see, but I just don't think it's worthwhile taking. So, um, I, I would I would say that this card is okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, like in a in a faction only deck or a beginner deck, I think that it uh, it's not it's not useless. Um, I just think there's probably better cards.
0: Yeah, agreed. Okay, um, channel the river, um, another elemental card. Choose a friendly fighter. You can remove this fighter's Aether Quartz counters. If you do, push the chosen fighter up to three hexes. Otherwise, push the chosen fighter one hex. So at worst, a sidestep. At most, a more versatile commanding stride.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I like this one much more. Um, I think I've been putting sidestep in pretty much all of my decks right now. Um, And having another one I think is great. And then the bonus, when you need the three hex push, uh, that could be a really big deal.
0: Yeah, I really, really like this one for sure. Maneuverability is huge nowadays. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's check out the third elemental card. Channel the Wind. Choose one friendly fighter. You can remove that fighter's Aether Quartz counters. If you do, deal one damage up to two enemy fighters within two hexes. Otherwise, deal one damage to one enemy fighter within two hexes. Yeah. Yeah, I like this one a lot. I think it's crazy. <laughs> It's a very solid ping damage option, um, despite the, the range limitation, but I mean, you know, for some, for most of these guys who are hitting on one, two and three and only three and one inspired, um, I think this is solid to help take down some of those larger fighters, mm-hmm. though. I think it's kind of funny that it can actually help inspire the head of knights, the dread pageant.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you don't get the kill, um, it will. Yeah, that's true. I th- it's interesting. I think it's actually probably pretty rare that you need to burn the Aether Quartz counter because um, a lot of the time you'll just want to get the kill with one damage, but in some situations, you'll also want to soften people up at the same time, and then rarely you'll get a double kill, and that's got to be amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Channeling the uh, the glory tokens at that point. <laughs> right. Right. Well, um, our fourth and final elemental card, Channel the Zenith choose one friendly fighter, that fighter is inspired. You can remove that fighter's Aether Quartz counters. If you do not, this effect persists until the end of the round. When this effect ends, the fighter is uninspired. What do you think?
1: Uh, I think this one's cool. I I feel like a lot of the time I would actually just not even use the token, because especially if it's like early in the round, because I sort of expect that fighter to get targeted and maybe die. Um... And then I'd have the re-roll as well. But I like having the option. Um, and I, I think that's the cool thing about these elemental ploys is they all do pretty decent things on their own. And then they do really cool things if you burn the Aether Quartz. So I'm a, I'm a pretty big
0: fan of this one. I think it'll, it'll be in most of my decks. Agreed, yeah. I think spending the counter to Inspire is actually really worth its value. Mm-hmm. Um, in my review online, I said I'd do it every time. Um, Mm -hmm. after playing a bit more games with them, I found them to be, as you mentioned, a bit squishy. So maybe you need them to just inspire for the turn and then maybe you can use that counter for something else. But regardless, um, because I was playing a different style of deck, I thought for me, the inspire was great every time. So uh, like you said, the options are fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there will be times when it's worth, um, particularly like probably at the very beginning of the game, um, it may be worth it, um, towards the you know, second round or when things are really getting, you know, messy and probably depending on which fighter you use it on as Mm -hmm. well. Um, So uh, it's very flexible though, which I think is cool. And uh, you know, like you could also inspire somebody go in for the hit and then because you didn't use the counter, then maybe you channel the wind on that fighter and then you do two damage or something like that. So um, there's a lot of different synergies and I think it's
0: ends up being situational. Agreed. Agreed. Good card. Yeah. So, Uh, We move to our first um, non-elemental ploy here. Uh, Dazzling Light. Minus one dice from from enemy fighters attack actions in the next activation to a minimum of one. Thoughts?
1: Um, Typically, I don't consider these worth the ploy slot. Um, I do think it's possible right now that with how little uh, accuracy there is, this may actually be a little bit better than it was towards the end of Direchasm or uh Beast Cray, rather
0: um
1: but i don't think i'll take it
0: <laughs> yeah agreed because it's only for the next activation i think there's not enough value there i think for, yeah. for a beginner game or for a game that is just faction only it, it, it can help teach valuable lessons um, or maybe you can you can time it really well but i'm just not a fan of these type of cards yeah i agree i just don't think it does quite enough So, I guess we'll move on to the next one. Flicker of Light. This is a bit of a paragraph here. Reaction. Play this during an attack action, after the determined success step. If that attack action would deal damage that would take a friendly fighter with one or more Aether Quartz counters out of action, roll one magic die. On a roll of a channel, remove that fighter's Aether Quartz counters, and the combat sequence ends. If you cannot, this card has no effect. A bit of a a wordy one there
1: yeah yeah but uh if if you can roll a channel it's pretty powerful
0: (laughs) yeah it reminds me of last chance in a way um or Mm -hmm. even like the one from shade spire i think it was like soul shard or something
1: yeah the upgrade Uh,
0: yeah so honestly cheating death 50 percent of the time seems pretty decent to me especially because as we mentioned earlier they're a bit squishy
1: yeah exactly um I, i like this one a lot i think that uh you know, not dying will be worth it. So if you have this in your hand and they're about to kill you and you have an Aether Chords token, I think you just try it. Um, so, and then, you know, it's good. It stops the drive back as well. So that can be important. Um, but staying alive is the main thing,
0: I guess. <laughs> right, right on. And the card art is pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. Okay. Lambit light gambit spell. It's a two channel spell. If cast choose one enemy fighter within four hexes of the caster. You can reroll one attack dice in friendly fighters attack rolls for attack actions that target the chosen fighter. This effect persists until the end of the round or until the chosen fighter is taken out of action.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a powerful effect depending on the matchup, but I think two channel is uh, a little bit harder than I like to rely on generally. And uh, we don't really have nates anymore. I
0: think they all cycled out. That's my biggest challenge with this card is that while the effect is kind of decent um the lack of guaranteed success with this card and this spell is is my concern and and that's probably how magic should be mm-hmm. moving forward and i and I applaud that because there is a chance that you can fail to cast a spell, but two channel I think is a steep price to pay,
1: yeah, I think it's about a forty five percent chance on two dice
0: so you know, it's not even really odds on. Well, then that, there you go. Next <laughs> card. Surety of purpose. Plus one damage to the first attack action made as a part of a charge action by a friendly fighter in the next activation. I don't like cards like these. Uh, again, <laughs> um, I my re- much rather prefer the damage on an upgrade because you can miss your opponent can crit. Lots of things can happen. They could even flicker of light. You, the, you know, if it's a mirror match, um, I'm not a fan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that we love this on an upgrade and sometimes we'll put great strength on somebody and then charge and then, you know, we will never use that fighter again. But, uh, I think it's just probably not worth the ploy slot. So, uh, it's funny how that ends up shaking out.
0: Yeah. I really do like the card art though. It's like, you know, they ran at each other and then she did like a samurai <laughs> slash. through yeah. yeah, that is really so, cool. And she looks like a samurai cause of that back banner too, you know? So, yeah and she's doing that pose where like (laughs) you just ran through and like lissette doesn't know what happened and then her body starts falling in half yeah yeah (laughs) very nice good job there uh next card is tectonic force so this is restricted to bahanar aka banana man Um, (laughs) pick one push one enemy fighter one hex away from a friendly bahanar or push one friendly fighter one hex towards an enemy fighter uh, one friendly Bahanar, one Hex towards an enemy fighter. So you can either push someone towards Bahanar or Bahanar towards an enemy. What do you think?
1: Uh, it's it's a really good card while Bahanar is you know on the board and uh, being relevant. But uh, I guess it just depends on how long you think he's going to stick around. This is I like this one. I just don't know if I'd take it or not.
0: Yeah. the, the Being restricted to a particular fighter is, I think, the weakest part about this card. Though bahnar is in theory your most survivable fighter, he's also the fighter that you don't because of that reason you don't mind sticking him at the front of your board, and you never know what's going to happen because he only has three wounds. So if you don't draw this quick enough, um, it's probably a dead card. So I yeah. don't know.
1: It is a very powerful effect because uh, it can be
0: like a distraction
1: or a sidestep. Yeah, but it's interesting. I'll I'll have to see. I think because we have sidestep and distraction, and they have their own sidestep as well it probably doesn't make it, but.
0: I want to play this. I really do. I just don't think I can. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Untouchable Pride, the last faction gambit. Choose one friendly fighter. If that fighter has one or more Aether Quartz counters, give that fighter one guard token. Otherwise, he'll one that fighter. So in a way, this is better if you don't have an Aether Quartz token because you just get the heal, unless you're looking for the guard.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't burn up the Aether Quartz t- t- uh, token, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I really want either of those effects, because no. healing one, if this was heal two, maybe? Um, but yeah, I don't. I just don't think I want it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just don't see the guard thing happening, so... Yeah, yeah, I think guard is pretty much only good on upgrades or uh maybe like a reaction when you can force your opponent to attack you
0: yeah and and i think to clarify you know for our listeners we're not saying that guard isn't good it's just how long guard lasts is the Mm -hmm. is the what it's how we dictate the value of a card so
1: yeah and the reason that um i don't like it on ploys is that ploys tend to be more powerful than upgrades and because you're putting it on a ploy during the power step, your opponent gets to know who you're putting it on and they can just target somebody else. Whereas with buried instinct, you know, you get to decide who's who it is after they decide who they're targeting. So, uh, and because this card is effectively competing with buried instinct, I think buried instinct is going to win pretty much every time.
0: Agreed. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well that does it for the faction gambits slash gambit spells. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite of the bunch? Um, probably the
1: maybe the channel the river the three hex push. Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. Um, how about you? I like flicker of light. I think
0: that's an auto mm-hmm. include.
1: Yeah, that might. It's it, it's hard to tell that one or channel the wind might be like my second. There, I like a lot of these uh, ploys.
0: Yeah, the Aether Quartz mechanic in itself is super unique. I I really like the the player Mm -hmm. choice and agency that it provides.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've seen some people um, a little sad that you couldn't add, like there was not a card here to get more of them or something like that. Um, I don't really mind it. I think it's cool that like they start the game powered up and then you use powerful effects and they sort of power down. So.
0: Yeah, and like, it's really interesting because if you look at the lore, it's a very lore-centric ability as well because the yeah. the Lumineth Realm Lords, they kind of channel their emotions into these Aether Quartz tokens and they try not to let their emotions dictate their lives too much. Mm-hmm. That's why they follow these paths, right? Channel the wind or whatever. And so, I think like once they, you know, use their, the power stored within their counter, you know, they, aka, go, you know, maybe unleash their true... Thoughts or emotions, and then they inspire. So, I just doesn't make sense for someone to have more than one, right?
1: Yeah, they may need to meditate for a little while or something to get it back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well,
0: let's jump to the upgrades.
1: Yeah, I'll go ahead and read these. Um, the first one is Balanced Soul. It is restricted to Miari. It says you can reroll one magic dice in this fighter's casting rolls and spell attack action attack rolls. What do you think of that
0: one? Yeah, so first of all, the the most important thing I'm seeing here is that it's an immediate help to the Inspire, right? Mm -hmm. Because you want to make only successes on your attack or casting roles. Now, my challenge is that because this fighter, S Warband has a fighter that does one thing very well. It's very similar to Guardians where they all have their defined role, but because of their low wound count, they can suffer... Um, And you can actually be punished for taking fighter restricted cards. So unless you have a strategy that heavily revolves around magic or your leader, then I think you should be careful taking this card. Again, I think it's awesome because it's pretty much an awakened weapon for miyari. Mm -hmm. But I am hesitant because a lot of people like to go for the leader quickly and especially spellcasters. So I'm a little bit of a cautious with this one. Still a great card.
1: Yeah, it is a really good card. We were talking about the spell earlier that was two channels. And if you were going to try to do something like that, I think you would take this card. But uh, yeah, I agree. It's definitely situational. Um, The next one, I think, is probably less situational. It's the Heartstone Amulet. When this fighter is dealt damage, reduce that damage by one to a minimum of one. Uh, That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, that is an auto-include. Take it. Don't question it. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, it's obviously it's a great card. It'd be a great card for any war band. Interestingly, I think this war band might get the least out of it because of their relatively low health. But if you combine it with other upgrades, it starts, uh, you know, becoming more worth it. So great fortitude plus this will make somebody very hard to kill. Um, what I find is that a lot of the time you end up with one fighter that has a lot of upgrades that is very difficult to kill. <laughs> and then the other one's may end up dying
0: right so i played a lot of um wild hunt right and they have this card called hail charm which is the exact yeah. same thing mm-hmm. and i have found that if you even stick it on a scath, or not a scathe a shiok or a Carthan, both who have three wounds mm-hmm. often more often than not your opponent isn't going to waste resources trying to take out one of your three wound fighters when scathe is on the board right it may be different with this warband but i've often found that it goes from getting one shot to two shots Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just, bec- just for that, that, that potentiality of court, like, you know, of, uh, in itself, I think this card is worth its weight. Now, if you happen to, as you mentioned, stack it with a plus one wound, this can be a very nice, uh, way to keep a fighter that you want to stay alive. Right. Yep.
1: Yep. I agree. And it, at its worst, it's as good as great fortitude, which is an amazing card. And then at its best, it's. Even better. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very good card. The next one is Heightened Reflexes. Uh, it gives the fighter plus one move. And then they also have a reaction they can use. It says, use this after an enemy fighter's attack action. Remove this fighter's Aether Quartz counters. If you do, this fighter makes an attack action that targets that enemy fighter. Then discard this card. One of the things I didn't realize when I first read this card was that the enemy fighter's attack action doesn't have to target this fighter. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yes. It is a very, very cool card. There is no range limit on it as well. Mm-hmm. So you could do this with a magic attack from Miari or mm-hmm. or a range to attack from Bahanar or an archer shot from five hexes away if you wanted to <laughs> with uh, Sanela as well. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of this card. The plus one move is already pretty decent um, with wing and death gathered momentum and cover ground in the mix. I don't see why not if you're going to try to get some easy scores because Mm -hmm. movement 4 is pretty solid. Um, But then you get this out of turn attack action, which I think is amazing. Um, Yeah. So I I really like it. I don't know if it goes in every deck. I mean, I think the upgrades slots are pretty heavily contested because the Beastgrave ones are really good, but I like this one quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see putting this on the leader or Bahanar and... You kind of create this bubble around them, you know, that the enemy doesn't want to go into, or it kind of forces them to target that fighter. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, Let's go to the next one. It is heightened senses. You can reroll one attack dice in this fighter's attack actions. So that's just a straight buff there. And then it has the reaction. Use this during this fighter's attack action after the attack roll. Remove this fighter's Aether Quartz counters. If you do, that attack action has cleave and ensnare until it's resolved then discard this
0: card what do you think of that one this is awesome So (laughs) statistically and i know you've done the math on this um getting clear cleave and ensnare on one attack action is incredible because unless there are supports involved your opponent can only roll crits Mm -hmm. to defeat you and if you roll a crit and a success then i just think they're they're kind of SOL, unless they're rolling multiple (laughs) crits. So this makes your accuracy insane. The card by itself is awesome. Reroll one attack die helps with the inspire, helps with accuracy, helps with killing stuff. But the reaction, that's just a nice to have, but you really don't even need it. You could take this card for the first (laughs) sentence alone, and I think you'd be fine.
1: Yeah, it's worth taking it for the reroll, hands down. And then the cool thing about the reaction is you get to roll your dice. You get to reroll from the passive effect. And then you get to decide whether or not you want cleaving and snare. (laughs) So like that may actually be like a a little bit of a weird downside to it is that you may actually not even need to use the reaction half the time because you've already like attacked and re-rolled. But, uh, you know, it's not that's not really a downside.
0: (laughs) No, not at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very, very cool. Um, The next one is magical boost. This fighter cannot be dealt damage by backlash it's restricted to wizards so only miyari it also has a reaction use this during this fighter's casting roll before rolling the dice remove this fighter's aether quartz counters if you do roll one additional magic dice in the casting roll then discard this card um this is probably the same as the other one where it's a little bit too situational unless you're doing a magic heavy deck
0: yeah, I, I think unless you're trying to score, there's this one surge in championship format um, that it's like you, you can score it for rolling three magic dice and an attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. So that one right there, unless that one um, is something that you're trying to do, then I think, I don't know, I think the, the, the further upgrade up above is better. The, yeah. Just the re-roll, straight re-roll for all magic and casting.
1: Yeah, I think so, because this one is also before rolling the dice. Rising Power is the name of that card, by the way. Yeah, Rising Power. Cool. Yep. Yeah, so a little bit situational, but uh, I guess it's kind of cool you can't be dealt damage by Backlash, but uh, probably not worth it. No. Uh, Next one is Mountain Stance. It's restricted to Bahanar. Uh, Cleave cannot affect this fighter's defense rolls, and then plus one damage to this fighter's range one and range two attack actions if this fighter has no move or charge tokens. What do you think of that one?
0: So I really want to like this card because <laughs> I think Bahanar is like the Galligan of this warband. Yeah. He's just missing that coveted four wounds and I'm a little disappointed he doesn't have it. But Cleave is is so good and so common that it makes just playing a, a fighter with a block warband just worse off. Uh, in fact, I think over time we just prefer dodge yeah. because Ensnare is, is uh, less common. And so this can actually negate one of this fighter and this archetypes, this defense archetypes' biggest weaknesses. In fact, the biggest weakness. Um, And the plus one damage is super nice. If you want to play a really aggro style of of deck for these guys, and Bahanar is kind of like your go-to fighter and you're going to protect him and you want to invest in him, then I think this is fine. Mm -hmm. I'm really hesitant because one bad attack action or one bad defense roll conceal his fate
1: yeah yeah i agree i think that's the problem we run into sometimes with uh, fighter restricted cards um situationally this could be very very strong but uh i think you'd probably just take a normal plus one damage card
0: mm-hmm. yeah um, i think so
1: the next one is mountain's gift uh if this fighter has one or more aether quartz counters this fighter is on guard otherwise after this fighter's attack action that takes an enemy fighter out of action give this fighter one guard token what do you think of that one
0: so i so i like it right it's a good Mm -hmm. card um if you have an aether quartz counter is when i think this card shines right otherwise i think it's okay um to me it seems like a variation of survival instincts um you know, guard tokens are great, so it's very good seeing how powerful they are with this card. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, especially for you know Miari, it's really good. Um, yeah. it can keep him keep him alive, potentially keep Bahana alive. Um, but I only think if you are holding on to that Aether Quartz you know counter for this card, the challenge I see is that there's so many great ways to spend that Aether Quartz counter <laughs> yeah. that I just don't know if it's worth investing in a card like this. Like, why don't you just take survival instincts or tie defense instead? And granted, those are restricted, but, you know, I just, I don't know if holding on to your Aether Quartz counter is the way to go just for this card.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that the, the difference is a little bit too stark between when you have it and when you don't. So, I agree. Uh, the next one is Scry Owl Familiar. Uh, this fighter has line of sight to each other fighter restricted to Miari. Um,
0: I don't like this one really at all.
1: <laughs> I like the, I think it's a cool idea, but I don't think I would ever take it.
0: Yeah. Super cool idea. It's one of those, those things that like make sense and you understand why it's part of their, their kit. Um, but I don't know if the actual application of it is, is that great? Um, I really love the owl model sitting on his arm. Mm-hmm. um i think it's it's a, it's a beautiful model i can't wait to see how people paint them up um i call my owl hedwig for obvious reasons yeah and yep. uh unfortunately uh hedwig while he looks cool probably won't see a lot of play
1: yeah you just don't have line of sight issues that often i find and uh so i just don't think it's worth a cart uh, the next one is going to be speed of ish Mm-hmm. Plus yep. one move, or plus two move, if this fighter has two or one or more aether courts counters. Um, that's
0: that's pretty good. It is. It is. Um, I think with savage speed, savage speed out there, um, this could probably, you know, contest for that. You know, because when Ailyn or any of the fighters really inspire, I think they all go to two dice on defense. Um. So it just really depends. Like if you want something early, then Savage Speed might be your go-to. If you want something that, you know, can help buff you depending on how many counters you have, then great. But I think if I compare this to Savage Speed, I'll just take Savage Speed personally.
1: Yeah, I could see taking both of them and Spectral Wings um, if you wanted to do some of the speed uh, abilities. Because this is pretty good early when you still have the counters. Uh, mm-hmm. that's probably the only situation and then i think you can all you could also just take tracking because um selena is a archer so yes she's a hunter so not or sonela that's what it is sonela is a hunter yeah yeah so uh, i think it's a nice option to have depending on where you want to put the speed in those particular builds but that's probably about it for me um, we'll go to the last one it is the vanari dagger it is a attack action range one three smash one damage and on a critical hit the attack action has plus two damage and it is restricted for sunela hmm
0: if this wasn't restricted to just her I'd say this is a great card yeah yeah I agree but because it's restricted to probably your the fighter who's going to see the least amount of close quarters combat. Mm -hmm. I just don't think you take this.
1: Yeah. And if it was two damage naturally, (laughs) I might, I might actually take it. Um, It reminds me of concealed weapon in that way, but um, yeah, I just don't, I just can't rely on her being alive. Although she is probably in the back,
0: you know, she is probably your most survivable fighter just because of her natural placement. I just think like if this was restricted to Sanella and Miari, yeah, yeah. then I think you're like okay, cool. Well, then two people can use it, right? Mm -hmm. Because like if your opponent knows you've got this like Buku attack coming through, (laughs) you know, at at one point in the game, and then um, they're just like, well, I'm just not going to let that happen moving forward, and then just they'll just kill Sanella, and she's not hard to kill.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is that like the difference between the crit damage and the not crit damage is so big, and it's not like you're really going to
0: crit. I think you crit about forty percent of the time. So uh, well you can use an Aether Quartz counter, so that I think it does drastically improve the uh, the the uh, mm-hmm. that's true. The the crit percentage, but probably actually maybe not drastic, but it probably brings maybe, it to fifty percent, yeah. That's not bad. Half the time you're just gonna yeah. duel three damage from your archer. Yeah,
1: I could see that, but it's it's too bad it's not for anybody else. <laughs> Um, so i think that is it for the upgrades
0: it is did you have a favorite one man i know it's it's so, such an easy choice heart uh, heartstone amulet um yeah i just love cards like these and they're just so good on three wound fighters because then your opponent has to either invest resources to take them out or just they survive just one turn longer
1: yeah i think so i think uh that one and heightened Re- or heightened senses are probably the uh the two we'll see a lot of Yes. Cool. Um, I guess we can go to our overall thoughts.
0: What do you think of this warband? So I think they're really interesting, right? So a lot of, I've seen a lot of comments and conjecture online about how they, uh, somewhat look like feel similar to authority's guardians. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very elfy, right? Like these are elves who, um, have given into their passions, had a massive civil war, And in order to keep their emotions in check because of the trauma they went through, I mean, a chaos god had eaten their souls. (laughs) uh, And then they were, you know, taken back out of its belly. If you think about it, um, it makes sense for these fighters individually to focus on, like, a particular number of things and then just make it their life's purpose to become masters. And so you see that in this warband. They are all masters of their own particular specialty, and they struggle in other areas. Mm -hmm. Now. I don't think that's a bad thing, and I think it's a great way to learn this game. Um, You know, people are saying like, oh, they're a little bit complicated, they're not beginner friendly, Um, and I would like to challenge that, because gone are the days in which you can just have a very simple um, or basic, I think, is another great word, a basic warband. Like, this isn't Shadespire, where everyone kind of does the same thing, and then you just kind of rely on your universal cards, and that's the beauty of these new warbands, um, which have kind of started towards the end of Nightbolt, and then you know, kind of have gone through the paces in beastgrave, and and now we see that in Diarchasm is you have to provide or or actually input put a lot of input into you know the thought process and how to run them. Do you want to run them aggressively? Do you want to focus on a particular fighter? Do you want to focus on a set of fighters? What is your game plan? And that's why I like them. They have some really cool tech. I think the eighth reports counter is a fantastic mechanic, and I feel like they can they can play whatever playstyle you want them to. Lost pages, hold objective, aggro, a flex of all three. I think they're they're pretty solid, and I I don't see why you shouldn't give them a fair shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think they're probably like uh, you know middle to, of the road as far as like innate power goes, but and I think they have some weaknesses, which their main one is if the enemy can get to three damage very quickly. Um, but they really have great defensive stats as far as like defensive dice. And they have pretty solid uh, attack profiles. Um, And and you're right. I think how flexible they are is pretty cool. Like if you're, you know, if you're in a tournament or something and you face these guys, I don't know if you really know what to expect right off the bat. Um, So I think that's pretty cool too.
0: And I, yes, exactly. And and, and I, I really like how, again, that player agency of how you want to spend that Aether Quartz counter. I think spending your counter wisely Will be the difference between winning and losing games. Yeah. I agree. You know, do you do you just take that early reroll to get that guaranteed kill at the beginning of the game? Or do you kind of wait for your power cards and your upgrades to come out and then use them at the right time? You know, if you hit someone with a heightened reflexes and you get that attack action, like that could that could win you a game if you can kill someone in their turn. Mm-hmm. You know? Conversely, um, some of the other ways that you can spend the tokens as well, I think, are super neat. So I I think it's a major factor. How you spend these, you know, these precious counters, and careful positioning and ability to optimally spend them is essential to succeed. And and I think that's super cool. We haven't seen any warband that does anything like this, and for that alone, you know, super super cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. I need to uh, I need to play some more games with them, but I, so far, I, one of the cool things about it to me is just how different everybody has been playing it. Um, you had a deck that was lost pages focused, and then I've seen like full objectives with like double temporary victory. Um, mine is like much more like uh ping damage oriented. Um, I saw one with like all of the distractions that you can possibly take. <laughs> and that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm excited to see how these guys do like over the course of the season.
0: Yeah. And they're only going to get better with better cards, right? Sure. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I think they're fun and it'll be a fun challenge to play them. I think they've got a lot of potential, and uh, I'm excited. I'm ex- As you mentioned, I'm excited to see what people do with them, what we do with them if we indeed choose to pursue them over a longer period of time. But I've played most of my games in Darkhasm have been with these guys, and I've had a lot of fun. It's lost pages. It's uh, a little gimmicky, I guess. But, um, you know, you take what the cards that I take from this faction, mm-hmm. you wouldn't take. Like, I'm taking balance, so, mm-hmm. right? Because you want that reroll when you're using um, the I- Iara's uh Jill. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But that makes casting that so much more reliable, which means his survivability Miari's goes through the roof. But if you're playing an aggro warband, then you're never gonna take balanced soul. Right.
1: And that's that's actually one of the things that I think uh, goes for the starter set in general. Um A lot of the cards here are are like what I would consider to be like a B or a C as far as like a rating because I usually rate A, B, C, D. Uh, But that's actually really good because there will be some situations where, you know, you consider that card. um, Sometimes there'll be universal cards that are better. So you don't see, the card doesn't see much play, but it's possible in the future when that card goes away, like we were talking about some of these guard cards, you know, they're, they're just not Buried Instinct. But, you know, we only have a year left of Buried Instinct so you know maybe we'll play these in the next season so um whereas you know uh, unfortunately with some of the older seasons it's almost like some of these warbands don't have any faction cards because they're just not worth taking like ever <laughs> you know yeah so, um i think that's the cool thing about uh, this warband and the other starter box warband we've seen so far they have a lot of uh pretty good cards and like even their faction only deck is i think functional um if not you know probably competitive at the highest level
0: agreed and if you look at all the starter set the, the season core set warbands um if you remove nightbolt from the equation because i think there was a very large power power imbalance there yeah with the curse breakers and thorns but if you look if you compare you know Miari's Purifiers and the dread pageant to the shade spire box right with yeah the reavers and the champions this box is is a huge improvement it's insane yeah um yeah. and then if you compare this to beast grave with the despoilers uh, and the wild hunt um, I think they're both very interesting. I still prefer this box, um, and Wild Hunt is my favorite warband. But I just think the 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 way that you can challenge yourself as a new player and an experienced player because of the choices available with the way you play them, because they're not it's not obvious how to play these warbands optimally. Yeah, and that's the coolest part to me. Yeah,
1: I think they did a great job with it. So um, definitely excited to see how the purifiers do. Is there anything else you want to add before we go?
0: Uh no um I am going to be playing I guess a lot of actually yeah I'm going to be playing a lot of the Dread Pageant you know I think when we were doing the reviews we divvied up and so I think I've put a lot of effort into these guys and it's been fun but uh everyone knows I love elves and I love slanesh <laughs> and now I think it's time to embrace the dark side Ooh. and uh go balls to the wall <laughs> with the Dread Pageant and uh because they love slanesh Balls to the wall can mean a multitude of things. So. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I'll leave you. I'll leave you with that. All right. Well, everyone,
1: that was it for this episode. Um, once again, thank you to our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join our current patrons, you can at Patreon.com/slash Path to Glory. You can find all of our blog content on Path to Glory podcast.com. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, please let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or Discord at Path to Glory Podcast. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. As always, thanks for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your path to glory.
0: I guess if we were elves with, like, emotional issues, then maybe we would have a card that said channel the path to glory. <laughs> maybe. Right? I mean, I, you know, yeah. channel the path to glory, boom, instant podcast. <laughs>